friends, and welcome back to Mixology, the podcast where we discuss, discover, and dissect mono and stereo differences on classic albums from the 60s. And today, we're starting a little sub-series on the show that I've been thinking about doing for quite a while now, and this is one that I'm going to label as the Fold Down Chronicles. You see, there's a number of albums, especially once you hit 1968, but not exclusive to that were issued in mono in some form at the time, be they promo or in stock copies, and were distributed with the same intention as a dedicated mono mix or mono issue. However, these appear to actually be just fold downs under the guise of a unique and dedicated mono mix. And I wanted to start this little sub-series to start highlighting a few of these, not only to dispel any sort of rumours about mono mixes of certain albums to make people aware of what they're listening to but also to highlight whether these are actually beneficial whether each individual album benefits from the fold down treatment today we're going to have a mixture of ones that i think work really well some that i don't think work as well as their stereo counterparts and we'll just see how things go from there as not every song will always marry up perfectly between either version. So you may have an album where certain tracks certainly benefit from their original stereo mix that the mono is created from, but sometimes that mono creates a magic that can't be found in the stereo version. It's a very unique and unusual phenomena that these mixes do present to us. With that in mind, we're going to be taking a look at three albums from 1968 today. But before we do, I want to first give a huge shout out to all my patrons, as always, as your support really does help keep the show going, as, well, without it, I really could not justify such a thing. If you want extra Mixology content, and all the extra shows as well, head on over to patreon.com forward slash back to mono. And I want to give a shout out to my newest patrons today, those being Wingbat Bat and Shirty Mop. So thank you guys for signing up to support the show. With that out of the way though, let's dive right in with our first album for today. Issued in March of 1968, Birthday by the Association was on the cusp for USLP still getting dedicated mono mixes, and in fact was only issued in the US in mono as a promo copy, which can still be found to this day. This album does in fact have a mono master tape in the archive, as shown in the Now Sounds CD reissue of the mono mix. However, we do need to take into account a few elements here, and some background as well. The first of these, and the most basic, is that the mixes on the CD that I've referenced match a digital fold the stereo CD issue almost perfectly, allowing for natural variance in EQ between releases and fade tails being about 99% accurate. There's going to be some variance depending on the nature of the mastering used, as sometimes the end of tails when transferred to digital and heard in a clean environment sound a little messy and audio file treatments usually leave these alone, but sometimes they're tidied up slightly just for, I guess, listener enjoyment. Certainly, I prefer to have the raw tail if you like, but I certainly get the appeal of both. 
On top of this, the stereo was always a twin track affair, with lead vocals hard panned over to one side, backing vocals often spread, which does give a good effect on this album, and the backing track over to the other side, with maybe some elements moved to the other in a few instances. This is a stereo mix that is guaranteed to fold perfectly, much like Rubber Soul when we discussed that on the Evolution episode by the Hollies, so that album was designed specifically to be played back both in mono and stereo. And in my opinion here, this was designed to be folded for mono issue as well, especially as the previous association LP, Insight Out, as discussed on an episode of Mixology previously, was made of folds and a couple of dedicated mono mixes, including those done for single release. With mono on the way out at this time, creating a dedicated mix to this album seems even less likely. Thus, I'm going to assume that this mono tape in the archive was one very much created from the stereo LP, but for use on mono issues, and of course those ended up being promo albums. Let's take a look at how this affects the overall sound and tonality of the album now. We'll start with one of the best tracks on the album, the majestic and huge Barefoot Gentleman. We'll hear how the chorus drops in in stereo first, and then hear the same section again in mono. Again in mono. impact this transition has in mono when compared with the stereo, as while it certainly works especially on speakers, it still feels that bit disjointed in the stereo mix. Certainly this isn't the only track on the album to benefit from this treatment. Let's take a look at one of the softer numbers on the first side, Rose Petals, Incense and the Kitten. This is one that's really gentle and having the separation of instruments and vocals really seems to take away from the idea that this is a performance and rather a recording if you like. Folding it together and bringing all these elements into one channel really makes it feel more like an actual performance and helps the music envelop you even if it's not surrounding you. We'll start in the stereo this time and bring things together into mono. Tired, warm and misty, rolled in for a 
to mono. I highly recommend folding this album if you don't have access to the Now Sounds CD or a US promo LP as it greatly improves the horrific soundstage of the stereo mix. Even better, this means all international mono issues which are likely a fold of the stereo remain accurate in sound though variable in quality. Certainly there may be additional processing on the US mono master, just some compression and whatnot that is absent on the fold downs present internationally. Either way, the fold itself is a winner in my view and certainly makes for a great start to this episode. Moving along in the year to October of 1968, we now move on to the cult classic LP, Take a Picture by Margot Gurion. Now like our previous LP, this was only issued in mono on promo copies, though once again the mono mixes were issued on 45s at the same time. While this mono mix remained elusive outside of those that had a mono promo for many years, it was finally reissued in 2020 by Sundays on vinyl and the following year on CD and on Bandcamp. This was in fact my first introduction to the album after a recommendation from my friend Wyatt. While I fell in love with the music right away, this mix always felt oddly balanced to me from the get-go, with the vocals way out in front. Sure, this is very much a standard for a fold-down, but mixes in this genre in 1968 did at times push the vocals right out. Here's a sample from Sunday Morning that kicks off the album, and let's see what your immediate reaction is. Come to a few months later and I did set about making a mixology episode on this album. I even reached out to Margot on Instagram about her memories from the mixing process, though sadly this was very much beyond her memory scope and likely involved her very little at the time, as many mix jobs would do on debut albums certainly. While the stereo CD issue was far muddier than the fantastic mastering job by Bob Irwin for the Sunday's mono release, comparing a fold with the stereo to the mono master clearly showed, well, I've got written here too many similarities, but I think a complete lack of differences would really show that there's, there's, there's just nothing here that's any different. Much like Birthday, a mono master tape does exist as it was used by Bob for the Sunday's CD release but it would appear it was constructed in a similar way to the album, albeit with a decent stereo mix to begin from, rather than a twin track one which would fold in a more succinct manner. 
Certainly Bell, the label that Margot was on at this time, would have dedicated mono issues done either side of it, at least from my research, I have not listened to those. But this made me wonder, is the Sunday's version definitely the dedicated mono, or did they fold it for the purpose of this issue? Certainly the LP I have, cut by Kevin Gray, sounds fantastic, but is it a decent source? Further research down the line, I was on Instagram recently and someone I follow was able to procure the original single release of Take a Picture. And I took a listen to that along with What Can I Give You that was on the flip. And it was very clear that this was the same mix that I'm being presented with on the Sunday's LP, which was the answer I was after, to be honest. Whether or not there was a dedicated mix out there was irrelevant. I wanted to make sure what I owned was the correct release and mix. Now, one track that made me consider otherwise and then made me realize it was definitely the case was my favorite track here, Someone I Know. Now, the intro in stereo has the vast echo on the piano panned across the stereo field, but somewhat vanishes in the mono mix. Alas, when a fold of the stereo was created by myself, this presented yet another instance where the sounds stacked in mono just sound very different when they're separated, both for better and for worse, depending on the song and the mix. Here, I actually prefer the mono, but as always, this is very subjective. Let's hear that intro in stereo first, then again in mono, and then I'll follow that up with a fold of the stereo mix just to present exactly what I'm talking about. And again, in mono. I was thinking and finally, a fold of the stereo. However, while this album is indeed a fold down in its mono presentation, we do have one unusual oddity, and that's the track on side two, Think of Rain. Now this wonderful track was actually presented in fake stereo on the original stereo LP, merely through EQ re-channeling, and this can be found on any version that you hear on streaming services or digital versions today. The mono version, therefore, is sourced from the original unprocessed version, and given the clean sound present on the reissue we have of this mono mix, shows that this was indeed sourced from a cleaner mono master tape. Certainly, it makes it seem a little odd that the rest of the album was folded down, but as far as my ears can ascertain, this is indeed the case. As such, here's Think of Rain, starting in its original duophonic presentation, and moving to the tighter sounding mono presentation. Think of rain. Think of hands and the Into mono. And finally for this album, I think it's only right that we have the classic mixology presentation moving from one true stereo mix into the fold down mono mix. 
And for this, we're going to be taking the wonderful love songs from side one of the album, starting in mono and opening up into stereo. Stereo. Today I was crying in the sunshine when someone said, Is something wrong? And I said, No, it's just a song, and I can't tell you why. Pretty love songs always make. I will say that either version of this album is good. Certainly the stereo is a more evenly balanced one, but once you settle into the balance of the mono, I think it works really well and keeps a really intimate vibe with Margot feeling a lot closer to you when compared with the stereo, where everything is more evenly balanced. I think with the nature of the music and her whispered vocals, this really it's a really effective listening experience and certainly on the softer numbers such as Think of Rain and Someone I Know, it really, I think, elevates the experience. Certainly I think the stereo is the better mix, but I think there's something to be gained from that forward vocal when Margot sings the way she does. I think this is one where it's a winner in a way that the artist would never have intended but as a listener, certainly through the years and certainly post Margot's passing, really changes up the experience listening. And I think both are certainly worth listening to. And of course, you can listen to both wherever you get your music, thankfully. The mono mix is lovingly on streaming. So thank you, Sundays, very much for that. And for our third and final album today, I wanted to do one that's just a little bit interesting, especially with the recent reissue of the Rolling Stones in Mono LP box set, and that is Beggar's Banquet by the Rolling Stones. Issued in December of 1968, Beggar's is an interesting one here, as the LP does actually contain one unique and very dedicated mono mix, and this is for the opening cut Sympathy for the Devil. While I covered this in an episode of Mixology on 45 over at the Patreon very recently, I wanted to first address why this mix was likely done, as the piano was seemingly recorded and mixed in stereo in a way that did not lend itself well to folding down. We'll start with the stereo mix, then fold it into mono and see how that affects the piano. We'll then flow this into the mono mix to see how much more cohesive this mix overall becomes. So. Stereo first. Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste. Fold it down. I've been around for a long, long year. Stole many a man's soul and faith. Into mono. I was around when Jesus Christ had his moment of doubt and pain. With this oddity here out of the way, this is an album that, like many issued in late 1968 in the UK, inevitably got a stereo release. 
However, in a trend for Decca at this time, no true monomix was commissioned, likely due to the fact stereo was slowly becoming the norm in the UK and was, by this time, the standard in the US for LP releases. The fact the Stones were by this time a very US-focused band would not have helped matters for a dedicated mix, as while many of their fellow UK contemporaries offered up true mono mixes at this stage, and some into 1969 for LPs, the group would abandon this outside of 45 releases, which would carry on in mono up to and including Brown Sugar in 1971. But how does the album fare in the context of being a fold, outside the first track obviously? Well, as this is a very rough sounding album generally, both sonically and musically, the single channel punch offered by the mono feels very natural for it, and for the most part does work really well. The trashy sound of something like Parachute Woman for instance just makes sense here, though I will say the balance isn't perfect, but I don't think that you could really make a perfect mix of a song such as this. Let's compare stereo into mono. tracks that do work really well, track 2, No Expectations, certainly benefits greatly, with the vocal almost becoming somewhat more lo-fi, and everything coming together perfectly for the musical and bluesy nature of the track. Yes, the stereo sounds better, but it's a real vibe that the mono manages to achieve here, though a perfectly balanced mono mix may have tightened this up for sure. This is very much a case of the same deal as we had with Take a Picture where certainly it's not necessarily a benefit to the mix overall, but it creates a sound and mood that somehow only the mono mix itself can create. Again, we'll start with the stereo and fold things down into mono. Take me to the station And put me on a train I've got no expectations to pass through here again into mono once I was a rich man now I am so poor but never Oddly, a track that should work really well in mono is Street Fighting Man, but amazingly it seems to lose some of the bite when collapsed, with the drums being just a little too upfront and the vocals not melding as well as they should for a rocky number. Here, listen to the mono, then hear it rip open into stereo. Everywhere I hear the sound of 
deteriorate. It's definitely worth noting that the earlier US single for Street Fighting Man is a vastly different, rough, working monomix with alternate vocals and the like. We won't be covering this today, but potentially further down the road on Mixology on 45, but for now, watch this space. However, unsurprisingly, closing number Salt of the Earth also doesn't succeed so much here, with the drums and the vocals really burying the rest of the instrumentation in a relative fashion, and while I've heard far worse folds, this doesn't quite live up to some of the more effective ones on the album. Let's have the chorus of the track, starting in stereo and collapsing down into mono. To mono. And with that, we finish looking at our first three fold down albums here on Mixology. Now, overall, I will say that I think all three of these examples prove that a fold can work well as a dedicated mono presentation of an LP if the mix is prepared suitably to begin with. Birthday is the perfect example of this, but it created a stereo mix that was not pleasant to listen to. On the other hand, a really pleasant stereo mix as found on Take a Picture somehow works, but it works in a way that in mono creates a completely different vibe, despite the fact that there's no actual difference between the two. Beggar's Banquet is the real mixed bag I was talking about, as there's elements that work really well in mono, but some where the track could have just been mixed a little better in stereo to fold down to mono, but the presentation isn't awful. Certainly there's a number of LPs that were issued as fold downs here in the UK, notably on the RCA label, that just sound atrocious and really should not have been issued in such a way. There's many more examples of these, but these are albums that did get dedicated mono mixes and thus we don't really need to discuss them here, rather just make sure we know which pressings to avoid. Overall, I think it shows that there is worth in listening to some of these later stereo-only LPs in a fold-down context. Whether that works or not is completely up to you. And ultimately, I listen to mono mixes because it's a element of the time and it's one done very much intentionally for the sound of that period. If you have a fold-down issued as such at the time as a dedicated mono issue, then there's something to be had for that. But if it was never issued in that form, are you getting anything artistically from that? Or is that just something you're getting for your own benefit or curiosity? That's a topic for another day and one I think that really doesn't have a correct answer. But for now, I think all three of these albums are worth listening to in mono. And certainly the latter two can be found on streaming and download in mono. And the first one can be listened to in mono with just a little flick of a switch. Be that on your own system or your own playback system in Spotify or whatnot. You can find mono fold down settings wherever you look. So that's always a good 
good option. But with that out of the way though, that's about it for today. I want to say a huge thank you once again to all our patrons for your support. And again, if you want to support the show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash back to mono. If you want to reach out to me for a chat or any good comments on the show itself, you can email me at backtomonoradio at gmail.com or find me over on Instagram at hypnoticfred. I feel like I post some fun bits and pieces about the show over there, but my inbox is also always open for a conversation, so I look forward to seeing and hearing from you over there. All these are linked below in the show notes, of course. But with all that said, thank you so, so much for listening. And remember, whoever you are, and wherever you are, have a great, great day. Come and take a picture